This bonus podcast episode was recorded by students at St. Olaf College in the American Conversations Project course, led by professors Colin Wells and Eric Fuhr Slocum. Thank you to the students and professors for putting these podcasts together. Learn more about them and the project on our podcast homepage. It is wrong that the middle class for 40 years has been in decline. It is wrong that people have to work two or three jobs to survive. It is wrong that young people are leaving school $50,000 in debt. It is wrong that women are making 79 cents on the dollar compared to men. It is wrong that we are the only major country on earth that does not guarantee paid family and medical leave. When you hear uh, me say, hey, everyone gets a thousand bucks a month, you're like, wow, that sounds too good to be true. It is not too good to be true. By lowering rates, streamlining deductions, and simplifying the process, we will add millions and millions of new jobs. In addition, because we have strongly capped deductions for the wealthy and closed special interest loopholes, the tax relief will be concentrated on the working and middle class taxpayers. They will receive the biggest benefit and it won't even be close. They have been forgotten. We are not going to forget them. Look, Donald Trump has put us in a horrible situation. We do have enormous income inequality. And the one thing I agree on is we can make massive cuts in the $1.6 trillion in tax loopholes out there. And I would be going about eliminating Donald Trump's tax cuts for the wealthy. Hello, and welcome to our show. My name is Max McDonald, and today I will be discussing economic inequality in America with you. We will delve into its history, the current political situation, and the consequences of economic inequality for millions of Americans. We will also be examining the closely related issue of tax policy and how it is, more or less, married to the idea of economic inequality. I'd like to begin by discussing the history of economic inequality. I'd like you to picture yourself in the year 1979 as a wealthy individual. Jimmy Carter is president. Lines at gas stations are becoming a common sight for you. And you are probably paying a 70% marginal income tax rate on your top earnings. This number may seem extremely high through the modern lens, but the fact is you are probably happy to see a income tax rate of 70% at the time. While the economy at this time may not have been booming, a marginal tax rate of 70% marked a substantial decrease from the days of Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, and Nixon. In 2007 dollars, if you were part of the 1% of 1979, you would be earning a healthy $347,000, number I certainly would not complain about. Flash forward to the modern day, and we see a drastic change in both the amount earned by the 1% and the amount they pay in taxes. The one percenter today earns 281% more per year than they did 50 years ago and pays only about half of what they would have paid at that same time in taxes. There are many complex reasons for the substantial increase in wealth at the top relating to automation 
and increased production. But a key piece of the puzzle is this top marginal tax rate. Today, the highest marginal tax rate on our nation's top earners sits at around 35%. So there's obviously been a massive increase in wealth at the top with a much lower tax rate. But what about everyone else? Well, the middle and lower classes have not seen nearly as much of an increase in their salaries. They have still seen progress, however. Adjusted for inflation, the middle class took home 25% more in 2007 than they did in 1979. The lower class earned about 16% more in that same time frame. While these gains are obviously much more marginal, they still represent real change in people's lives potentially. Unfortunately, costs associated with essential services such as healthcare and education have risen in the same time frame, potentially offsetting the growth. And this is where we see one of the most substantive questions surrounding economic inequality. Is it morally acceptable for the top earners to have seen such drastic growth over the past 50 years, while the rest of Americans have only enjoyed subtle growth, if not stagnation? I will now hand the podcast over to Max and Jen, who will be discussing the more modern political implications of economic inequality. Many politicians have attempted to tackle the discourse surrounding economic inequality. Three notable presidential candidates for the 2020 election are Senator Bernie Sanders, Vice President Joe Biden, and President Donald Trump. Sanders plans to implement an updated version of the proposed 1944 Bill of Rights by President Franklin D. Roosevelt that is intended to help establish a decent job and a living wage, quality health care, a complete education, affordable housing, a clean environment, and access to secure retirement for every citizen. In addition, Senator Sanders wants to help the middle and working classes by taxing Wall Street. To ease student debt in the U.S., Sanders aims to make tuition free for all public universities and colleges. The 21st Century Economic Bill of Rights is meant to encompass Sanders' desire to revitalize the Democratic Party with the more progressive policy platform. Biden's plan is to revitalize the middle class. Biden's plan includes improving health care and adjusting taxes while implementing warrants, fixing our bankruptcy system to give people a second chance plan. It was created to fix our current bankruptcy plan and will help to make it not only cheaper but less strict as well. While Biden supports farther left policies like free higher education for incomes over 100000 a year, his focus is on federal funding for infrastructure and targeting large corporations for taxes. This tax plan, in combination with several other proposals, is expected to bring in approximately $4 trillion in a period of 10 years. Biden's plan differs from Sanders because he intends to hold corporate executives personally liable for anti-union efforts and enforce labor laws more strongly, as opposed to Sanders' suggestion of taxing the rich with the wealth tax and progressive estate tax, while also enacting a federal jobs guarantee and doubling union membership. President Trump continually takes a stance that continued tax cuts for the wealthy and big businesses will have a trickle-down effect, supposedly increasing the wealth of the lower classes. However, under President Trump's term, Trump's Tax Cuts and Jobs Act has increased economic inequality due to massive tax breaks for the wealthy. In fact, the richest 1% of Americans now make one-third of the country's net worth. Now, while Andrew Yang isn't running for president anymore, it's still important to explain his stance on Universal Bank's basic income or the $1,000 month plan as it is commonly known today. This plan is centered around the idea that good financial stability will improve the overall economy. His argument for the plan is that if the bottom 94% have increased spending power, it will go back into the economy and help us spend less money on services such as incarceration and welfare. This plan would be paid for 
by attacks on companies such as Amazon. Arguments against the policy state that the money could be spent on illegal items like drugs, or it could result in a less motivated workforce. A form of this plan is currently being used by the Trump presidency as a solution for a lot of the problems we're currently facing with COVID-19. Jason Goat, who's the business ed coordinator at Wisconsin Lutheran High School. Well, there's the often cited statistics about how women will earn a percentage of salary equal to a male for doing the same job. Um, You know, 70 cents on the dollar, 75 cents on the dollar, whatever those statistics are. Um, And in terms of communities of color, you see it in uh, in lower education levels, uh, which often leads to lower paying jobs. You see it in uh, savings uh, of vast uh, greater majority of households who live paycheck to paycheck, um, who have poor access to health care or poor ability to pay for health care, poor access to uh, quality food. In conclusion, economic inequality in America creates a huge divide between classes. The growing gap in wealth distribution affects millions of Americans in ways that go beyond the difference in taxes. Issues like unequal access to education, healthcare, and housing are a product of economic policies that put the bulk of the weight on the lower classes. Meanwhile, financial security becomes more and more reserved for the upper class. On that note, we'd like to end this podcast with something for listeners to ruminate over. How does the reality of economic inequality manifest in your life? And what are your state's representatives' stances on economic policy? Thank you. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode. Find more bonus episodes on the same page. There are several for different issues of this election cycle from St. Olaf College students in the American Conversations Project. As always, let us know what you think at podcast at compact.org or hashtag compactnationpod and learn more about our show at compact.org slash podcast. And of course, rate us and review us anywhere you can.